This is the DiPietro and Rothenberg Podcast. Yep. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Yep. The ESPN New York app. Yep. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN. Raymond, let's go around the league. It's time to go around the league. All right, let's go chronologically. Um, Saturday, 4.30. This is their window, the Texans. 10-10 at the half. They had the big punt return. Missed a field goal. They were right in it until they weren't. Apparently, Lamar Jackson with a very impassioned speech at halftime. Second half, Ravens throttle the Texans. 24-0. They outscore them. Final score, 34-10. Moving on to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, this was a step up in class for... For Houston. Yeah. I, I give him tons of credit. C.J. Stroud had maybe one of the best rookie seasons ever. Rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, for them to do what they were able to do. I, you could just tell, too. I know it was, I mean, it was tied in after after the first half, but, like, some of the penalty stuff. Like, they had 11, like, Houston had 11 penalties in that game. Well, it felt like they had a full start like every other play. Right. I think R.J. even mocked them in his look ahead. They just, like, those are things that can't happen when you're going up against you know, a team like Baltimore with that defense in Baltimore. Uh, it's... Uh- not going to get it done. Uh, I mentioned the impassioned speech at halftime from Lamar Jackson. He, here he is. What did you tell your teammates at the half? It would be inappropriate if I said it right here. <laughs> it would, you know. But, yeah, we wasn't we wasn't really doing anything, you know, to, to that defense. They was playing great, and that, that offense was playing great as well. But we wasn't doing our job with our unit. In second half, we went to punt points on the board, started moving the ball, moving the chains, and started looking like ourselves. I'll tell you what, though, man. If you're buying stock in a team, that Houston team, is they're going to be good for a very long time. Yes, absolutely, 100%. But, I mean, Baltimore's just a, Baltimore That's is just Baltimore is – It's a different the class level. class of the team. AFC. I mean, they ran the ball for over 200 yards. They had the ball for, I mean, almost 40 minutes. Ran 20 more plays. That's just a better team. They're just a better team. I mean, if you're a Texans fan today, you wake up with your held, head held high, right? You don't feel embarrassed by that. No, absolutely not. No, you feel great. Dude, this is, I mean, CJ Stroud's, what, 22 years old in his 20, rookie season? You had a 22-year-old quarterback. You're all banged up at, at receiver, right? You you want a, a win and get in against the Colts on the road. You win a game against uh, against Cleveland at home, and you make, you're one of eight. It's a wonderful season for Houston. Yeah, you got to feel great as a Texans fan right now. Have to. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's proud of his club. Yeah, it's not hard, man. I'm proud of our guys, all right? They, I told the guys, keep their head up. I'm proud of them uh, for the, just the entire year, all right? This wasn't our moment right now. This wasn't our time right now. We didn't get it done. But I'm, I'm proud of each and every coach and player in the locker room, all right, for what we accomplished throughout the entire year, how we grew throughout the entire year. And I'm proud of our guys. I, I don't know how you couldn't. I lied, by the way, too. What? Well, I pretended on Friday, like, a, a watching Dalvin Cook play for Baltimore wouldn't aggravate me well, you said it wouldn't bother you at all it did <laughs> he had a big run in that game yeah it did yeah I'm, I'm sure it did by the way you were listening to dnr 98.7 espn wepn fm new york and then saturday night in what was a game that most people thought was gonna kind of be a runaway was anything but niners narrowly escape uh for their lives and they beat the packers but that was a dicey game you know it's weird jordan love was awesome until he wasn't in that game on Saturday. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what happens sometimes. Big pressure-packed moments. I mean, Brock Purdy struggled, and whatever you want to blame it on, blame it on the rain, wet ball, whatever. But, um, see, this one would bother me. Like, how many people thought that the Packers would be in this spot? Probably not a lot, right? 
in the spot where they were competing in the game or in the spot where they no, were? No, just in the divisional round of the playoffs. I don't think many people. I don't okay. think any people thought that. So we just talked about Houston. D'Amico Ryans, keep your heads up high. You know, really proud of you. You played Baltimore, and you lost. Second half, it was clear. Baltimore, once they shook off the rush, was the better team. Right. Green Bay, if I'm on that team, I would feel... I'd be proud that we're in the spot, but I feel like we missed a real opportunity. Well, because you were there. Right there. I mean, you, you, you were, I mean, let's be fair. You were the better team. Houston was not the better team. Houston got as far as they could. If you're a Packers fan, you felt like a golden opportunity just slipped right through your fingers. You, you were in control of that game. Listen, I thought, I thought the Packers were the better football team, to be honest with you. Yeah, they missed opportunities, though. You missed the kick. Darnell Savage had what would have been probably a pick six. Like, you missed. There, there were... There were you go, you go for it third and third and inches, don't get it. Fourth and inches, you go for it again, don't get it in the first half. I mean, you had a million opportunities to put points on the board there. Right. Uh, there were ways. Uh, the, the fact that it was 7-6 San Francisco after the first half, like you had, you had opportunities that you missed. And, that, and I think when you look at how hard it is, like we'll talk about the Buffalo game, but like all the things that need to go right to, to put you in a spot to have a real chance to win a Super Bowl, I don't know. This is, I know San Francisco was supposed to win this game. But you didn't get the best version of San Francisco. No, I thought you got a very watered-down version of San Francisco. Yeah. That, pun intended, by the way. I thought that was clever, no? no? I thought it was really clever, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Brock Purdy on the drive at the end of uh, of what was a rough game. Man, it's a testament to our team because the defense got a stop at the end. Um, and it's like we had what we wanted right in front of us. And so you have to clean the slate. You have to have a clean mind and find a way, man. You, we had time on the clock. So um, it's not like you got to be a superhero, make a play or anything. It's do what, the, what we call the quarterback pack tells you and go through the progressions and find a way. I give him credit for that because he was not good for the bulk of the game. And then in that big moment, he made the plays and got it done, and they scored that game-winning touchdown. Yeah, I just don't know how if people really understand how hard it is to do what he just said. Where you just put all that, all the bad, all the bad stuff aside, and just go out and are able to refocus and go get your job done. That's not that easy. Well, they, they did, and he did, and um, here's Matt LaFleur. How long will it take you to get over this one? I can't tell you. I know it's hard right now to kind of see through everything, and I am proud of this guy, of these guys, but it's more the ability to keep competing, to stick together. I mean, there were some tough moments in our season when we lost some tough games, and, and this is one of them, quite frankly, to be honest with you. But I, I've got the utmost confidence that the guys in that locker room, that our staff, everybody, will stick together it it stinks and it must be awful and i'm sure they feel heartbroken but the future green bay again is very very bright yeah you know it's one of those spots too like if you're jordan love like he's clearly i mean he's established himself as the guy moving forward but that's one of those throws that'll just that'll haunt you for a while you're talking about the throw at the end of the the interception body well, but, I mean, which one? The second one or the first one? No, you're down. You're down three. The second one. You're down right. to end the game. You're down uh-huh. three. You got the ball at what was that? At their 36, 35, yeah, or 36. I think yard. you'd already gotten a first down, right? Right. It's first down, and you got two timeouts left. And all we need is a field goal to tie this thing up. It was, and a, te- you, it was a terrible throw. It was an overly uh, aggressive. Just a bad throw. decision. It was bad. Yeah. It was, it was a bad play. The, the, I, I would be really upset if I was a Packers fan. The first interception was awful. I mean, a guy wide open, and he missed him terribly, gets deflected into the air, intercepted. Because I don't know if you if you punt the ball away in that spot, if Purdy leads them on an 84-yard drive, I don't know. Yeah, well, you'll never know. Well, you'll never know. I mean, not, Niners are a tested, good football team. I felt like Saturday you had a real chance to get them. A real chance to get them. 
Yeah, that was not the, that was not the best version of the Niners by any means. No, that's probably bad. And I think there's something positive you can take away from that if you're a Niners fan. That was probably as bad as we can play. We still won the football game. Yeah, uh, but I also think that you're probably a little concerned. I mean, that's uh, the shoulder is the reason why Debo missed a couple games this season. Like, offense is not the same without Debo. Oh, couldn't agree with you more. And then yesterday, the early game, we've talked about it. Lions, a lot of points, really good offense. I mean, what what a scene there in Detroit. Yeah, so I mean, I don't, I don't know how you couldn't feel good for the city of Detroit right now, what they've been able to do. Um, I would think that most people that don't have a real rooting interest in this game on Sunday will root for the Lions over the Niners, right? I was getting text messages during, during the Kansas City game that people would love to see a Buffalo-Detroit Super Bowl. So somebody has to win? So somebody has to win. Was this Brian? Uh, no, I didn't get I didn't get any. Uh, Brian thought Detroit was going to win anyway, but no, I didn't get any uh, text messages. Like How's that. Brian? Everything good? Uh, Brian's doing really well. Yeah, good. Um, Lions that that again that offense. Now they lost lost their left guard, and the replacement was not good. But that Lions offense, the, Sewell is awesome. By the way, oh yeah, Amonra is phenomenal. Laporta is great. I still stand by they could really use that like second actual wide receiver, but. You know, Jared Goff was a you-take-him-we-don't-want-him guy who has really transformed his career. He's again in an NFC Championship game. Yeah, and when he doesn't turn the football over, I mean, you saw what this offense is capable of doing. I mean, you had that that one third and 15 was a huge play, the throw to St. Brown, where, where he fought where he for the first down. go forward and picked up the first, yep. yeah. Um, they got a really good offensive line, and I'm telling you, I, I honestly think that him being able to beat Matthew Stafford at home did wonders for his confidence. Now. I'm sure it must have. That's a big. Like, that's a big moment for him. Going against the coach that kind of quit on you. Uh, you're not good. You took us to a Super Bowl. You're not good enough to win us a Super Bowl. Right. And they well, come you into know your what? building I'm go out there and beat you in this game. Is there anybody more likable than Dan Campbell? Oh, you'd be hard pressed. Uh, here he is saying we reflect the city of Detroit. It's not the first thing you think of if you go to LA. You got the sun, you got the beach, you got plenty of other things going on in here, man. It's harsh winters, right? Auto industry, blue collar, things aren't always easy. And I just think that's what we're about. You want something the city can be proud of. Though You can look at those guys and say, man, I can back that guy. I can back that team. I can resonate with those group of guys. They're kind of salty. They don't quit. They play hard. And so I, I feel like we've done that. And I think these guys, you know, they have a kinship with this city in this area. And they love it, man. Ultimately, that's what you want. They, they must love that football team in Detroit. Love them. Uh, listen, you saw. I mean, you saw Aiden Hutchinson after the game, kind of just taking it all in, right? Taking it all in. Yep. You know what? Too. I mean, it's they're drafting well. They got good young players, and the identity of that team. And he said it at the time, and people kind of laughed at him. He's talking about being a blue collar team, or biting kneecaps and everything else. Yep. You listen to the guys talk about him. They freaking love this guy, man. They love, they love him. him. You know what I'm not going to do anymore? And and refresh me if I attempt to do it again. The press conference? Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to have immediate yeah, you're good that you picked that up. I'm not going to have this immediate this guy's a joke, this guy's great, this guy's awful when it comes to the press conference anymore. I'm not I'm not doing that anymore. Well, listen, it's been us a couple times because Sirianni's press conference was he couldn't even read. He was horrendous. R- r- uh, the guy with uh, Arizona. Yeah, can go pew pew. Like, yeah. Right? Like, pew pew, you take shots. Uh Joe Judge a lot of people loved his press conference. He was horrendous. And, and Dan Campbell got mocked and ridiculed for his press conference. Listen, I love Michael more than anyone in the world. I think Michael did mention after Joe Judge's press conference that he thought Joe Judge was going to be a Hall of Fame coach. He, he sure did.
He sure did. Um, yeah, great for the Lions. Good for them. Good for the city. And they move on to the uh, NFC Championship game. And then Joe judges. Why, Raymond? Oh. Uh, no, honestly, like I've done, I've taken no shots at Raymond today. I've been very nice to Raymond. I've done nothing to incite him. You're in a better, did... you're in a better place. The Joe Judge thing is gone. Why? It shouldn't bother you. It should don't, not bother don't you. You know it does, act. though. You don't tell me how to act and react because you know it bothers me. <laughs> no, really. He's like, it shouldn't bother. Well, you know what, Ray? You're a week out. The Cowboys lost last week. Shouldn't bother you anymore. That no, that's not Ray, even, that's not even the same thing. You're, you're you're three years removed from Doesn't Joe matter. Judge. When you have yeah, scars, you have scars. Right now, I'm not in a good place at all. Have you heard him? Who Raymond? Yeah, before the show, I'm like, what's going on? Raymond's like, nothing. I'm in a very bad place, a very He's dark place. Dead inside. Yeah. You think the scones are going to magically make you feel better tomorrow? Probably not better than the bagels would have made me feel. If that's how if, we're going. If, okay. If I bring you in. A warm bagel with the butter kind of drizzling through. And I present it as these are a pick-me-up feel-good bagel. Do you eat that tomorrow morning? It's it's considered. As long as it's not waved in my face like the celebratory bagel last well, week. Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to buy it for you. Carry it up six flights or four flights or whatever floor we're on. And then hand it to you and have you be like, I don't want this bagel. I've already had one. We'll see what happens. No. We'll see what happens. Listen, no. if, you, if you're going to buy the bagel, you're going to buy the bagel. I can't stop you. But just put it out there. I don't understand. I'd like to bring in a nice, warm bagel for you to enjoy tomorrow morning. If I do, will you eat it? Sure. There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. As we, as we go around the league here, I don't know if you guys saw this tweet. It was uh, Adam Schefter. You mentioned the Falcons earlier. So they're going to interview Bobby Slowick. They're also going to meet with Vrabel and Harbaugh, and then it says that uh, their head coaching search is wide open. You said the, this is the Falcons? This is the Falcons, yeah. Huh. Well, you, you got to figure they want either Belichick or Harbaugh, right? Yeah, I don't... Uh, I guess you do your due diligence, but I mean, I just thought, like, if Bill Belichick's interested in your job and wants to take it, you just say, okay. I, you would figure, but I, don't know, I guess they want to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Uh, Sean McDermott. Really rough loss. How crushing was it? I'm extremely disappointed. Yeah, I mean, you put so much time into this. You put so much time into a season, let alone this game and the preparation for it, and to come out and to not perform the way I'd hoped we would have. It's, it's extremely disappointing and frustrating and it's a type of situation in our business where you got to spend the whole offseason thinking about it. But, it. but it drives you harder. If that's even possible, it drives someone harder. It drives you harder to come back next season and continue to work at it. There's, listen, there's only one team at the end of all this that's happy. I'll tell you that. I've been to two Super Bowls, and there's only one team that's happy. So it's that type of business, and, and you keep working at it. This idea, though, that Kansas City was was by far the better team, I I don't agree. I thought it was a, a flip of the coin game, and I thought Kansas City got one or two breaks, and and that's why they won. I thought the Bills played a good game yesterday. Yeah, the Bills played a good game. I mean, the Bills are dealing with a ton of injuries too. If you just think about just the grand scheme of of the season too, like Bernard didn't play in that game. You already lost Milano. Tre'Davious White's out. Like you're dealing with a ton of different injuries. It just speaks to kind of how we talked earlier, like how how things have to line up almost perfectly to make a, a run to the Super Bowl and how Patrick Mahomes being in his sixth straight AFC championship game is is incredible to me. But I don't know, they'll create whatever kind of narrative they want. Like, and get up right now. Did Josh Allen's late game execution cost the Bills the game? I mean, that's... Listen, Shakir is wide open. He didn't hit him. If you want yeah, to right. jump on him for that, I guess you can. I, I mean, I, I would I would take the other stance of you're nowhere near competing in that game if not for Josh Allen. 
Um, yeah, I'm probably with you on that one too. And it's also, I mean, I mean, had Andy Reid not got cute and give the ball to McCole Hardman, it's not as close either because they probably score a touchdown there. Buffalo scored seven points in the second half. Right, they were seven. shut that. They were shut down in the second half. So the question going into the offseason, Josh Allen, is what has to change. I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just, again, we've got to find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. It's one happy team at the end of the season, really. And when it's not you and you're so close, it just it sucks. Oh, I feel bad for that guy. He gives every single ounce of everything he has. He lays it all out there, man. And, I mean, when he doesn't make mistakes, he's as good as it gets. But they got to figure out what's happened with Steph Diggs in this new Joe Brady offense. you got to be excited about James Cook. They had no Gabe Davis. They got a couple um, of nice tight ends there, I'll tell you that. They do. Kincaid, and Kincaid made that great play, too, when he was on the ground, when Josh, when Josh fumbled that ball. Kincaid kind of poked it poked it to to one of the guys in the Bills that re- recovered the fumble. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, it, it feels like, you know, talking about changing the coach or whatever, I don't, you might just be stuck in that, that spot where just, for whatever reason, they just can't get over the Patrick Mahomes hump. Yeah, but it's not going anywhere. I mean, no, Mahomes is, is, is only going to be back, and you, you had them at home, and you had a chance, and this is not – you don't look at this as one of the – I mean, they're still good, but I don't think you look at this as, as one of the best Chiefs teams you've seen, and you still couldn't get over the hump yesterday. No, I know, but you're looking at, like, miss a freaking field goal. 44-yard field goal would have tied the game it's up. So Because it start like – it was like a second. You're like, it's good? No, it's not. No, the wind was going left to right, and as soon as he hit it, it's like, oh, uh, there it goes. And it's gone. You feel badly for for Bess? Uh, I do. I would be pissed at first, but I, I mean, he's he's in one right now. Has to be. That's gotta be awful. And we still can't. RJ, do we have uh, any sign of Perna? Uh yes, I've received a text. Okay, good. I can't read even a little bit of it. Are there a lot of bleeps? Oh, it's almost exclusively bleeps. Oh no. But I'm glad. What a works, right? He has a you bleep. Yeah, very, very successful. Very successful. Is he going in today? Ah, uh, yeah, but production limited. Yeah, today's a day. If you're a Bills fan, I think you just question a lot of things. All, le- of, all of Western New York, basically. I think, Dave, this could be the kind of loss where it leads you as you did once upon a time. It's not a Super Bowl, but it was kind of their Super Bowl. Major life decisions outside of football could come right. as a result. And so a word for up what? Girlfriend being the biggest bleep. Uh, I, I hope not. I just purchased the the tux for his wedding party, so I hope that doesn't happen. But you know, if it did, I guess that would we'd we'd have to really sort through some. So things. he calls you at some point later today. and says Janet and I are off. It's not it's not <laughs> happening. We're no longer together. Are you supportive? No. Or do you say, Perno, what are you doing? Yeah, the the latter. See, I feel like I hope he doesn't call you because I think you'd be like, you know what? I think you make. I think this is the kind of crossroads that leads you to make real life changes. Yeah, we missed a forty-four yarder. Josh Allen ended the season on a good note. We had some offensive coordinator issues. I need to quit my job. I think so, and call off my wedding. Yeah, uh, which uh, and this is not like he's marrying like uh, uh, Crystal from the local strip club here, as Dave once uh, yeah. once was. <laughs> I was. I was never going to marry her. So you think you never you, know? You say that now. What do you mean? Giants win the Giants win that game. All of a sudden, you come back, and maybe you're so excited you do get married. You know, maybe I do. Yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah, I do. It works the other way too, doesn't it? We just won the Super Bowl. You know what, Cherry? This is a forever <laughs> yeah, thing. Cherry. Her name was Cherry. <laughs> Cherry. <laughs> I I would like Very to. Very nice. I would like to win the Super Very Bowl nice. every year. <laughs> Let's have babies.
<laughs> you, you somewhere out there in the the, the ether are living a different <laughs> life with Cherry. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, I'd be like a sexual camel. <laughs> oh my goodness, would that be good? Uh, all right, there you have it. That's around the league, and that's it. And and we go from around the league without without any hesitation whatsoever. Right into a frenzy. It's time for a frenzy. <laughs> a football frenzy. You could say that 10,000 times and it still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say one more time. A football frenzy. Any team, any player, any question. All right. So you know how it works. Time for the football frenzy brought to you by Samwell Institute for Pain Management. 1-800-919-3776 on Twitter at Rothenberg ESPN. It's a rapid fire frenzy. You ask a question, we answer it, we move on. And it goes rinse and repeat over and over and over. You go anywhere you'd like, but the stipulation is no hey, hey, love the show, big fan, Rick, you're great, so handsome. None of it. You get right into your question. 1-800-919-3776. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. And away we go. Let's start out with Wes in East Hanover. Wes, you are on The Frenzy. What will it take for Mahomes to be the greatest of all time? Just continue this. Yeah, this. I mean, all, all he does is win. He's been to the AFC Championship game every year. He's been to the Super Bowl, what, three times so far? And he's 2-1? and one? I think it's Super Bowls at this point. Right. I mean, Just the greatest of all time? Rolls. It's almost an impossibility in my mind that he's going to pass Brady and win eight. You can't do that. But could he win five and be considered the greatest of all time? I think that's realistic. Yeah. Well, I think I, I already think that people recognize that he's uh, talent-wise right there. And now he just needs more winning. Yeah. Just You just, you just got to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Uh, let's go to Carl and Rockaway. Carl, you're on the frenzy. Have at it. Hey, what's going on, you know? Oh, my God. I mean, honestly. I mean, the man is, is single-handedly trying to absolutely murder the frenzy. Let's move. Let's go to Shooter and Stanford. Shooter, frenzy, go. Cuddle Mary Trash, the next coach in Buffalo, Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, or Rabel. Oh. I, I don't think they're moving on from McDermott, though. Yeah, I would say they did. I would say probably... I would probably say Mary Vrabel, Cuddle. Harbaugh? No, Cuddle. I think Harbaugh is going to take the Chargers job. Okay, but is it is it who they wind up with or who they would prefer to have? Well, I mean, if you're going to uh, listen, if there's who you prefer to have, I would marry Harbaugh then. But I, I think that Harbaugh is going to take the Chargers job. Vrabel's attractive, though. You bring yes. in Vrabel, you kind of you know, set your franchise in a good direction for a long time. Yeah, or, I mean. Like, if I was moving on, I'd pick up the phone and call Ben Johnson. I'd call someone that can get the best out of Josh Allen. Do you think you're not getting the best out of Josh Allen right now? Uh, I think you're getting, I think since they made the switch, yeah. But I do think that, I mean, some of the decision-making you'd like to see improve. You would be surprised if McDermott was not the head coach next year? I would be surprised. Yeah. Uh, Ken and Merrick. Ken, friends, you go. Antonio Pierce, right hire for the Raiders? Yes. yes. I mean, players, players love them. Max Crosby said he'd ask for a trade if they didn't hire him. Players loved him. Now, I will tell you this. I think this diminishes the chances of you getting Devontae Adams. Uh, Sounds like it. Uh, Let's go to Colby. You see who he brought in, by the way? Uh, Coughlin. Yeah. 
to to be uh, absolutely. Do I see? I'm just asking. Come on, you know what? I find that to be disrespectful. Well, or is it me just highlighting all the all the stuff you know? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Colby in Asbury Park. Colby, you're on the frenzy. Is Josh Allen the um, Philip Rivers of this generation, or will he ever get over the hump and win the I, Super Bowl? I think it's a good question. I think he'll get over the hump at some point. Josh Allen's so good, man. Yeah, I think he'll get over the hump at some point. Uh, Corey and Greenwich. Corey, frenzy, go. Should the Buccaneers take a stab at Justin Fields? Take a run. No, I don't think so. I don't think they have the money to start spending like that. Well, it's going to cost them. I think they had when I was it like they have just over twelve million bucks. I think in salary cap space, right? And they got Evans and Mayfield. They'd have to trade for Justin Fields, and then at some point have to pay him too. So, I think they like Baker Mayfield down in. They Tampa. do. I don't know what's not to like. I mean, are you going to win a Super Bowl with him? No. Is he going to you know keep you on on this kind of a path where you're a good enough football team in not a very good division? I think so. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. I, I don't really know exactly what Justin Fields is either. But when you look at the, I mean. No, I agree with that. I, I think look at Fiel, the best, Fields is the more the, unknown than, than Mayfield. Um, You know what Mayfield is. Yeah, but is. I think, right. Okay, all right. But here's the thing, though. I think when you, when, when eventually you look at the NFL and trying to win a championship and you look at the quarterbacks that are still standing and the ones that you're going to have to get through, I don't know. It's, I mean,. Is Baker Mayfield that guy? No. Uh, probably no. not. But. but but can you sign him to a short deal where you have him for the next year or two and then find your new quarterback? I think that's reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think he's going to be the quarterback of, of the Bucs. Uh, I agree. Let's go to Matt and Valley Street. Matt Frenzy, go. Shouldn't could the Eagles hire Wink Martindale as the new defensive coordinator? Could. I mean... They have a vacancy. Yeah, I mean they're they're looking for somebody. So yeah, I mean I know they like to uh, they like to send pressure. He's a guy that loves to send pressure. So yeah, maybe. Uh, Dave and co-host Dave, you're on the frenzy. You see Green Bay moving on from Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon, bringing in Derrick Henry, or possibly drafting a running back in this year's draft. Um, I don't know the contract situation. Why why would you move on from? I mean Aaron Jones when he's healthy is terrific. Why would you move on from him? Aaron Jones when he healthy when he's healthy is a problem. Yeah. And Dylan can't be in the league for more than what three years, maybe. Um, let's see. So, I mean, Dylan was. Why would you bring in Derrick Henry at this stage of his career? Yeah, I don't don't know. Aaron Jones has one year left at uh, seventh. His cap at seventeen and a half million. That's a big number. Yeah, but his dead cap's up over twelve. Right. So why are you going to move on from that? Right. And and he's good. Yeah, he is good when he's healthy. Right. When he's healthy, he is good. Uh, Ryan and Saratoga. Ryan, you're on the frenzy. Oh, will the Giants draft quarterback? Well, the Giants, what was it, quarterback, did he say? Or yeah, he said quarterback. If they draft a quarterback, Dave will they'll no longer be on the show with us. Uh, Yeah, I, I think so. Can they is the question. Can, can they draft a quarterback? Or will they I think have he the said ability? will. Yeah. yeah well, I think, I think will they have the ability to draft a quarterback? <sighs> What, I don't understand the question. What is that? Of course you can draft a quarterback. Okay, yeah, right. But they have the sixth overall pick. So are they going to take a, the, the fourth best quarterback? I don't know what they're going to do. Right, but so I'm saying, well, like, it's big. Yes, I'm, and would they? Would you like them to draft a quarterback, Dave? Yes, you would. Yes, I but would I'm like saying, the you're Giants not gonna, to draft the quarterback. Just draft I would the, like the Giants to do whatever it takes for them to get the quarterback that they love. Yes. Okay, but if you're sitting there at six and, and Caleb Williams goes one, 
Washington takes quarterback at two, and the Patriots take one at three. Are you going to just? You're not going to just take the fourth best quarterback. Oh, I'm not, not going to take a quarterback solely to take a quarterback. I'm going to only take a quarterback if I happen to love said QB. Correct. Eric Albany, Eric Frenzy, go. Yeah, the Bills contact the Giants about wanting Dable back as their head coach. Giants move on or say no. Well, who are they going to hire? I mean, trade for him. We'll let you go so you can go coach Josh Allen again. He, he'd probably love that. And then what? Be bringing Belichick? That'd be a nice transition. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. How, how happy would you be? I uh, Listen, I'm, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy anyway. Yeah, right. Uh, Chris in Queens. Chris, you're on the frenzy. Which quarterback wins their Super Bowl first? Josh Allen, Jordan Love, or Dak Prescott? Josh Allen. Oh, Josh Allen got within seconds of, of, of a Super Bowl. Josh Allen is is way closer than those other two. Yeah, but look what Josh Allen has to go through, though. Uh, he does have a gauntlet. I know C.J. Stroud has joined the mix. You get Burrow yeah. back. You got Lamar. You got I know. Mahomes. Mahomes. Oh. You got Herbert. He's going to probably be well coached. <laughs> I know. Rogers. Tua, oh, my goodness. Deshaun Watson. Oh. Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is, is an afterthought in the AFC now. Uh, yeah. Well, look what happened to his team. I'll still say the Bills. Easier route NFC teams, I'll still say the Bills. Remember, too, Green Bay's got the youngest team in the NFL, too. I know. All, all over the place, that team is young. All right, let's move on. Come on. That's it. We're done. That's it? That's it. Wow. It's time to be done. That's not too bad. No, that was a nice frenzy, right? Uh, except for the one guy. I mean, this is, come on. We're going into the conference championship games. We can't have any mistakes here. Uh, uh, he it's not even ball. that he, he broke the rule. He violated he, it. He was like the McCall Hardman of the frenzy. He, why are you, he put giving, the ball why right you giving on. him the ball down there? You got Pacheco runs like a, a savage, and you're going to give the ball to Hardman. I heard a great, I think it was um, Nate Burleson. He said, uh, Pacheco runs like a kid trying on shoes. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he runs so hard, man. I love it. How could you not love that guy, though? Oh, of course you do. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. I think they're listening to me. They're everywhere. Dave. I know you're here. Catch the show on demand wherever and whenever you want. Woohoo! Over here! Just subscribe to us, rate us, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. This is going to be a very nice night. ESPN New York presents an evening with Garrett Wilson. An intimate event in the Big Apple, the Jet Star wide receiver. For your chance to score passes to this exclusive event, including food and beverage, go to ESPNNewYork.com or find the contest page on the ESPN New York app and submit your entry. Brought to you by Corona and Sansone Auto Mall. Sounds like a great night. Uh, sounds like a beautiful night. He's a, he's a wonderful player, too. Uh, yes, that is right. He really is a terrific player. Jets are a very talented football team. The who? The Jets. The New York Jets? Yes. Are a very talented football team? Yeah, I think the Jets have a lot of talent. I'm not I'm not kidding. I think the Jets are a very talented football team. I think they have an issue at quarterback this season, but I think the Jets are a very talented football team. Yeah, well, they have a very talented football team, but I mean the, this season we have we had no quarterback. I mean Well, I understand that. You see what mean, Aaron Rodgers did in this little uh team bonding golf trip? They hit hole in one I saw. Hole in one, baby. How come you keep trying to, to get me today? I'm not trying to get you. I just, I'm, I, listen, you were gone on Saturday. You did, this is the new you. I want to make sure you've touched up on everything. I'm, t- I'm touched up on everything. All right. I know, I know Coughlin is going to work with uh, Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. I know that Aaron Rodgers hit a hole-in-one in his little team bonding event. I know what's happening. Yeah, maybe I'm just accentuating how great you are. Ever thought of that? Yeah, I don't, I don't see that, though. Yeah, listen, the, the only way we could get you really is to ask you, like, how old people are. That's, I think, your, like, little blind spot. You don't think I know the age of people? Uh, well, I think you do, but it's not nearly as well as you know everything else. So we're, we're at this this event, and I, and I look at one of the guys, like, kind of across the way. I'm like, man, that's an, that's an older-looking guy. And then I realize we're all the same age here. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm the older-looking guy. I, I, that's me. It's not funny. How did I, I get to be 50 years old? I don't think you look old? that old, though. Uh, I mean, you probably look like you're in your fifties. But that's but but I am. Yeah, but considering I mean, considering the life, I mean, the miles on you, I, I don't think. What it, does that mean? Well, I don't think you look sixty. Well, but, I don't but think I'm, you look I'm nowhere like near sixty. 40s. You you you've led a life of fun. Well, but who wouldn't want to live a life of fun? Oh, that puts miles Sometimes on your, that on your shows. tires. Sometimes that shows. No, you know right. what shows? What makes me look like I'm old? The fact that I wake up in the middle of the night every morning. That's that's what makes it impossible to, to look respectable. I'm saying the opposite, Dave. I'm, I'm not saying that you look worn down. I'm saying you, you look better than you should considering all the fun you've had and all the, and all the lack of sleep that you've so dealt you, with. So you run into me. You don't know me. You run into me on the street. You're like, that's a man who's 43 years old. I don't know that I throw out a number. But I, I don't think that, boy, boy, that man's over the hill. He's past his prime. Well, do you yeah. look at me and say, man, that, that guy's 50? I don't really I, think about it. I look at you and say, that guy's done some living. You, you would. <laughs> hey, he's seen some stuff. I think you got a fully, I mean, you got a fully great beard, though. I mean, how, well, how I can't do you help think it. you look? Well, okay. Do I go to Just for Men? No, I think it looks good. I don't think I might go to Just for Men. Old. Your wife doesn't care. No, she adores me. Right. I don't think you look old. I'm not. I think you look probably age appropriate. I wouldn't look at you and say, "Ooh." So you look at me like that's the guy who's fifty. Yeah, that guy. Like, yeah, I think you resemble your age. But fifty is not a young person. Fifty is like there's some real mileage there. 
Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully you live to, you know, 90-something, so we still got, I mean, good 40 left. That'd be nice. Yeah, it would be really nice. I don't think waking up uh, every morning at 3 o'clock is helping that, but. You, you think I, you, you would sign for 90, right? Like a good solid 90? Yeah. Yeah, I'm having a hard time feeling like I'm going to reach that, uh, that Which goal. Which would mean that point. you're not even at the halfway point yet. Yeah. What's, what's amazing to me, though, is it's like the amount of studies that, that say, like, you need to have this amount of sleep or you're like, you're really decreasing your life expectancy, and we bring it up to anyone that we work for, and like, oh, come on. Yeah, that's not really true. <laughs> come on. Well, yeah. But what time do you wake up? 7.30. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, well, if it's so good to wake up at 3 o'clock, why don't yeah. you do it? No. Think about how much more production you can get. I mean, how right. productive you'd be. Bill Gates wakes up middle of the night. <laughs> why don't you do that? Alex in Bronxville. Good morning, Alex. You're on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Uh, three, three quick points, and I'll be quick with all of them. Um, I don't know why, and I don't know if you guys have talked about it already, why Todd Bowles, I don't know if he had a gentleman's agreement or something with, with Campbell, but to not call that last time out with like 40 seconds, that was like a 48-yard field goal. I really don't know how you don't make him try to make that kick. I and mean, Not that well, they were going to win the game in all likelihood. Yeah, that's what he explained yeah, why he didn't do it, because they, they had the field goal. Well, what, were, they, okay. were they running? Because they, they had taken the knee, what, they took it three times, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and they took the they took the knee early, like in the right. Play I'm, th- class, I'm so thinking maybe like, they took the knee early, and it was kind of understood, like we'll 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 expedite this, but you can't call your timeout kind of thing. But I don't know. It was it was very strange. Yeah, I thought that was really strange. Um, second point: the the touchback where when Kansas City fumbled it through the end zone. I don't know why that rule still exists. Every other time when you fumble it forward and it goes out of bounds and goes back to the possessing team, the ball goes back to where the ball was fumbled. So. I really don't understand why when you fumble it forward through the end zone, the ball just doesn't go back to where you fumbled it from. So I don't know if you guys agree with that. And then last quick point, um, you know, it's, it's one thing if, you, if the game's tied and you're driving down the field, but the way Buffalo approached that last drive from, their, from a time management perspective, you know, when you're losing the game by three, I know you don't want to give the ball to Mahomes with, with too much time on the clock, but it's, it's always risky to kind of drain the clock when you're down by three because then, you know, all of a sudden the guy misses the field goal and you have no time to get the ball back. So kind of is a tough situation for them. You know, it's tough when you have to get yeah, the ball back to the home. Like, hey, yeah, but let's, let's not forget the, uh, like the, the old, old wounds, too. Let's not forget the fact that Mahomes marched on the field in 13 seconds and kicked a game-tying field goal. So I can understand why there's probably some trepidation from Sean McDermott. If we can avoid having Mahomes yep. back on the field, let's do it. Uh, I don't, thanks for the call, Alex. Did you hear Romo saying, if I'm Kansas City, I'm going all-out blitz here? Either they score a touchdown or they go for the field goal, but I want the football back now? Uh, yeah, I did hear that. <sighs> yeah, I don't... I guess that's having the ultimate faith in uh, in Patrick Mahomes and his ability, but... Like, why not just... The, if they kick a field goal, the game's tied. Right. All right. Well, he was, he was just saying, like, uh, I'm just not allowing them to continue to get first downs. Like, right, I, I think that's what was. I think that's what. I mean, if you want to criticize Josh Allen for anything, I think those are those last couple decisions where you could clearly, like, there were opportunities to get that first down, and he didn't take it, and they settled for the forty-four yard field goal. Like, you want to make that either you're scoring a touchdown, or you want to make that field goal as as easily as easy as humanly possible. And forty-four yards should be in I mean, that, should in be that a makeable field goal. But. It's it's makeable, but it, 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 this is not Detroit where it's indoors and it's climate controlled and it's perfect. I mean, the elements were real and the wind was real. And a 44-yard field goal in that, in those conditions is a long, tough field goal. Right. Like, not every 44-yard field goal is the same, right? No, absolutely not. Buffalo's not an easy place to kick. and the, I mean, the wind was moving left to right. 
and he didn't start it off. I mean, didn't start it to the left enough. If anyone's played golf too, would knows like if when the wind's blowing, if you don't hit it perfect, do you put any spin on it? Like whatever way that spin is going is going to get accentuated by the wind. Like if I'm a righty golfer and the wind's blowing left to right, and I hit a I hit a cut off the tee, it's going to make it a like it's going to go <laughs> like way further right than I wanted to. It uh, went way right. But so what do they have to try to to hit that at the left upright? Uh, you could either hook it in, yeah. Either you try to hook it in, right, which you play it into the wind, or you got to put it like way out the left. Ugh, that that was really rough. Post. That was really rough. Poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Poor fan base, man. I mean, they get them. They get them shoveling snow. I mean, I think the second time they had to shovel the snow, they weren't even giving them like food and <laughs> food and drinks or anything. I thought they were. No. Oh, the first time. I don't think the second time they did. You see that uh, the, the Buffalo fan just weeping. Yeah, that's a tough look. You don't that's, think you recover from that? Uh, I don't think so, no. That's a tough one. I mean, worse if you're a Cowboys fan, because if that happens, you're gonna, you know you're going to be on first take. Right. And Stephen A is going to show that a million times, but... yeah, it's, probably... it's, one, it's one thing if you're the sad Cowboys fan, like that one time, the, the, the one fan who just sitting there looking for Lauren holding his girlfriend, right? Yeah, but, but that guy but... wasn't even his girlfriend. <laughs> he was holding on to and some there, woman. Like that problem. He got caught cheating. That wasn't his girlfriend. I, 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 I wasn't even aware of that. That's what happened. Jeez. Can you imagine that? You go, you watch your team, they soil themselves, and then you get outed as well. Yeah, that's tough. Well, I was going to say, like, is, is it worse to be that guy, even even if that wasn't his girlfriend, or to be the Bills fan who now, even if he does have a girlfriend, is probably going to get left and will probably never have a girlfriend again? No, I don't. Right. No. That guy's in a bad spot. Oh, he's you a grown man the, crying on national television, man. You uh, not not even crying. Car. He's openly weeping. Weeping. He's very upset. There's nothing wrong with having a, a real, a, a real intimate moment with your feelings. I, I, I don't. I don't know that CBS should have shown that. I feel bad for it. No, he was brought to tears. Again, that's another. You're, you're underselling it. He wasn't brought to tears. He, he was bawling. <laughs> he was weeping. I don't blame him. I love him for it. All right, so maybe you go keep him company. Well, I don't want to hang out with that loser. But uh, but <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the DiPietro and Rothenberg podcast. Looking for more access to the show? Why? Because you know why. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DR on ESPN. Jalen Brunson is just something really, really special, huh? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this on Friday, man. And I know it's, listen, I mean, when you look at what Embiid and everyone's doing, just statistically and everything else, but as far as pure value to his team, like, I mean, Jalen Brunson is the definition of that. Like, you saw what it looked like when he's not on the floor, and then when he is on the floor, how much different it is, how much easier it makes it for everyone else. 
I mean, you want to talk about one of the the, the great signings, Jalen Brunson, man. Uh, you could argue this is one of the great signings in, in New York sports history. And I know it's still early stages, but I'm prime of his career. He comes to New York. There's thoughts of, well, you know, is it Luca? Is it Brunson? What is he going to be? He's more than you thought he was going to be. Like, it was never advertised to be this. Like, he's a, he's a star is what he is right now. Yeah, he's a star, and I think the hope is that, you know, this is this is someone that could turn himself into potentially a superstar. But, I mean, not to just, like, forget just, forget just the talent, but it's just also, like, just who he is as a player. Like his mentality, his physicality, the way he competes. It's like the it's the perfect fit for New York, for Tibbs, for this team. And then you take that and you add it with the chemistry he already has with, you know, guys that he played up with Villanova, Hart, DiVincenzo. Um, you hear Julius Randle talk about him. And it was nice too to see you had uh IQ and Barrett come back, standing ovation, the the video Great. montage, like and how they talked about being here and you know, Julius Randle, you know, Talking about how this is where they were raised and everything else, it was like in the fact that we we took care of business, right? I mean, it's a lot easier to deal with that being into the Knicks one than if they had lost because they lose right. that game, then you don't feel as nice. But you feel, you know what? Good for Barrett. Good for quickly. You won the game. Brunson was phenomenal. Randall had a good game, and you're you're playing well at home. And you got a lot was, of home games coming up. I thought this was pretty interesting too, just the effect that uh, that trade has had on the Knicks. So Jalen Brunson right now is averaging. Uh, 26.5 points a game, 6.5 assists. So since the OG trade, Brunson's assist per game has gone up to 8.4. And his assist percentage is 35.5. So if you extrapolated that for a full season, that'd be top six in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you talked about how it would work for this team once, you know, you didn't have RJ kind of being that third multi-feed. You got a guy that not only plays great defense, but doesn't really need the ball in his hands. That's well, nice, and what it's been able to do for Jalen and Julius, right? Well, you get you get to get a uh, you know because it's it's more cleared out for those guys, right? right. I mean, Julius, when, when you talk about because because Barrett and, and Randall were kind of similar players, redundant, yeah, right. And now you remove the the Barrett piece of it, and you add the OG piece of it, and OG is a he's he doesn't demand the ball that he can have an impact on a game without even touching the basketball. He's a good shooter. He can finish around the rim. But you're not like, all right, clear out, OG's taking the ball to the basket. That's not the game you play with him. No, it's not the game they need to play with him. It's the game that he doesn't have to play that game. Right. Yeah, like how they, I mean, how uh, Leon Rose, I know we said this a couple different times, but I mean, he deserves a ton of credit, which is how they're putting the pieces to this puzzle together right now. Yeah, and we're not far off from the trade deadline and then, of course, the offseason. So we'll slowly see... Uh, how this thing plays out quickly. Uh, the Nets, I mean, I know we don't spend a ton of time on the Nets. and well, well, I mean, they were up, what, 11 with five minutes to go? And they lost by 11? And they were yeah. outscored 22 nothing down the stretch? I mean, that's... You'd have to call Elias to find out, but that's got to be like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of occurrence, no? Well, Jacques Vaughn's in trouble, I think. Oh, I, I said a couple, couple weeks back that I think is on the verge. I think this yeah. thing is teetering now. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, it's got to be close. It's just not, I mean, that's not acceptable. This team is not winning at all now. So, I don't know. Something has to change. They were outscored by 26 points in the fourth quarter yesterday. Oh, well, they score 15, so they score 15 points in the 15. fourth quarter? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just, well, I don't know, man. I, I know there weren't real high expectations for Brooklyn, but still. 
Yeah, you don't expect to just completely fall, fall apart, apart like in a game at home. And again, this is off a of football Sunday. We we don't talk Nets a ton to begin with, so the fact that we're even mentioning them is just uh, it's really really bad. Uh, Rangers uh, rough road trip first couple games. Last night I was actually starting to get angry because listen, LA is a good team. You lose that game, not the end of the world. Vegas, I thought they played well. I said the other day, not the end of the world. Uh, you you got to beat Anaheim, and they fell behind two nothing. Another you know mediocre-looking performance from Shesterkin, and and I think you start to get frustrated. I thought that was a very important answer last night for the Rangers to come yeah. back and win that game. Yes, I would agree with that. I mean, you can't lose three straight. I mean, you lost what? You lost the four straight, win a couple, then you go out west, lose the first two, and the Ducks, listen, I, I like what Greg Cronin is doing with Anaheim, but, I mean, this team is keeping games closer than than it did last season, but that's a game you absolutely have to win. Absolutely have to win, and, and they did, and now you have, what, San Jose tomorrow night, so maybe you righted the ship a, a little bit. And then I, I want to spend a couple minutes on this and kind of give the floor to you, your Islanders. So they fire um, their head coach, and Patrick Waugh is the new Islanders head coach at the moment. Yeah, which I got a lot of text messages about. I think a lot of people were surprised. Um, not that Lane got fired, but that it was that it was Patrick Waugh that got, that got hired, especially with kind of how it ended in uh, Colorado. So he had a lot of success in Colorado, was uh, coach of the year. Um, I think part of the disconnect in Colorado was not only was he named the head coach, but he also was named um, the vice, the vice uh, VP of uh, hockey operations, So, which would give him some say in kind of front office decisions. And then, I mean, the way Joe Sackick describes it kind of caught off guard. I mean, you're talking about a little less than a month before training camp, sends a letter that he's resigning. So didn't really end well. Hasn't coached in the NHL since. Uh, has had success in Quebec, uh, fresh off a uh, Memorial Cup win. And you're looking at an Islanders team that kind of needs, as, as Santiago would put it, a kick in the ass. And if anyone watched any video of what was a pregame skate, was not really a pregame skate, it was like the first day of training camp, they will get the kick in the ass that they need. So you, Pat- like this, you like this hire for the Islanders? I love it. You love it? I love it. Yeah, well, this is listen. I mean, at some point, fingers are going to be started. At, will, will start to be pointed at Lou, and I think Lou recognizes that this is the team. So we need to figure out how to make it work. And someone was at some point going to take a chance on on Patrick because he is a really good coach that hopefully learned from his you know his first stint as a head coach in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I think he probably rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and no one really wanted like GMs don't want to deal with that, like with. You know, that kind of personality that feels like he wants to be a part of all the decisions and everything else and and how he ended it. So I think Lou feels a sense of urgency. This team, I mean, has had how many times where they have leads going into the third period that they've blown? Like the attention to detail, the accountability needed to needed to be fixed. And this guy is going to hold you to a very high expectation. He's going to hold you accountable. There will be attention to detail. Um I listened to a lot of the guys speak on, you know, what it was like when he came in. And I think, you know, the overriding feeling from that locker room is they needed a change of uh, of the voice needed to change. So Lane needed to be let go. And then you bring in somebody that's had success at this level, not to mention, oh, is maybe the greatest, uh, maybe the greatest goalie of all time with the Stanley Cups and everything to back it up. I mean, you'd be hard pressed not to listen to this guy. So let's uh, bring in a caller too here on the Islanders. Glenn and Smithtown. Glenn, you're next up on 987 ESPN. Glenn. Glenny. Hello. That's... Hey, hey guys. Hi, Glenn. Up, Go buddy? ahead. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks how are for you? Taking my call. Um, 
I'm doing great. My students are listening, so uh, I got to try and sound good in front of them. I, but I had to call about my Islanders. Uh, pretty psyched about why. Um, I think a change need to, needed to occur. Um, and my questions are, do you think he'll have the same effect that Barry Trotz had when he took over, changed the culture? Because this team really needs some accountability. They've taken too many penalties. They've given up too many shots. They're blowing third-period leads, as Ricky just said. And the guy comes in and he could just put his Stanley Cup rings on the table and say, I'm going to tell you what to do. And also, last thing, um, Sorokin has been spectacular at times. He's also been giving up a goal here or there that he really should be saving. What kind of impact do you think Patrick will have on Sorokin especially? Uh, he saw one of those goals last night. I don't know if it hit a foot or not, but yes. it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a goal that you normally see Sorokin um, give up. It's actually it's, it's one of the things that he talked about is that, you know, you hear all these coaches, you know, after they're done. You know, McCarthy did the same thing with uh, when he, you know, left Green Bay. They do all this reflection and soul searching. You know, what I did well, what I did wrong, and one of the things that he pointed to was, you know, his team, according to the analytics, was you know spent far too much time in the defensive zone. So it's something that he went to work on, um, incorporated with his junior team. It feels like it's going to work. I, I think that this is a good team. I never thought that Lane Lambert was a great hire. So Agreed. I think this is a huge upgrade for them. Um, and I think the way, the way he's, you know, kind of already established this, this new, this new energy and attention to detail is going to be just what this team needed. All right, Glenn, we appreciate I mean, the you- phone call. We, we got to run. Uh, tell your students, uh, I don't understand how, how do teachers call in the middle of class all the time to this show? Um, well, I don't think shooter calls in the middle of class. I think that maybe Glenn's like, Hey class, you want me to call into, uh, DPH on Rothenberg. So Talk he goes Isles. into another room and, and leaves the kids to, to well, listen to him make this phone call? I don't know. Maybe he's in the class. They told him to be quiet. But like you see some of these things. Like I watch on some of these uh, commercials you see like where the teachers are such diehard fans that like their class lessons are like around. Oh, they have that Knicks commercial, right? Yeah, right. Have the you Knicks, seen that seen one? Dolphins one like that. Yeah, I guess it's flattering. All right, That's so- how you would do it. Uh, of, of course. 100%. All your I lessons would, would be Giants-related. I threatened my math teacher after the Giants lost that Monday night game to the Niners. That was a very upsetting loss. That game still bothers me. 7-3 Monday night. Both teams were 10-1. and one. Thanks for listening to the DPHRO and Rothenberg Podcast. Listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN New York app. Or on your smart speaker by asking it to play 98.7 ESPN.